This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and undoing the programming within us. Let's find your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. Today, I'm excited for a few reasons. This is the first Squadcast, I guess we'll call it. <laughs> broadcast is the, maybe a couple of years ago, it'd be a broadcast, but Squadcast, Tribecast, Tribecast, Tribecast. All right, I got three of my brothers on today. They're in town in Austin. With two of our other brothers and um, actual brothers, actually literal <laughs> brothers, um, and, and uh, I'm going to give you just a little brief intro to who they are. Their voices are all distinct. After I introduce them, they can give a little what up, and then um, and then we're going to just get right into this. And so I'm going to introduce someone that you all probably know by now, Dave Regular, aka Regs. A 16 years trading together with me in Chicago before he left to follow his passion in open track athletics in Akron, Ohio, and the Stronger Dad Project. Dave's a veteran of the Great Unlearned back from his second spin. Yes, the second recurring guest on TGU. He's a father of three, Grace, Jack, and Will, and proud husband and catcher to three-time Olympic softball pitcher for Team Canada, Lauren who is also a veteran of the Great Unlearn. Next is Greg G, Big Jeezy. We worked together at WH for 13 plus years. Greg is still slugging it out down in the trade and piss in Chi-Town. <laughs> a proud Minnesotan. He married his high school sweetheart, Shannon. Father of four boys, Case, Benny, Shay, and Dino. Played basketball at Dartmouth. Led the nation in three-point shooting. Who was in second that year? Trajan Langdon. Ah, perhaps you've heard of him. He's the member of the Edina High School Hall of Fame. Currently, Moonlights is a stock boy and executive assistant at the House of Shan. Brother to rock star Kevin Booth, who is the creative <laughs> genius behind The Great Unlearn. All right. And last but not least is Noah, a.k.a. Turtle, a.k.a. Turts, a.k.a. Kong. <laughs> The only non-WH veteran of the group, we met back in 2008 at Windy City CrossFit. He currently lives in Dallas, Texas with his wife, Kelly, and his two kids, Mason and Delaney. He has worked on Wall Street for 20 years, has a passion for sneakers, 
connecting people, these brothers here, and his family. Now, I also want to say this group was the original breakfast group back when we had our WH trading days. And it started out as, as me, Regs, and Greg. And we would, it started out simple enough as a 15, maybe 30 minute coffee break. <laughs> and eventually over time was extended. Um, we won't get into the particulars of that because Greg's still, even though he's a partner, he still works at WH <laughs> and will may be listening. So we don't want to incriminate him. to keep up. That's right. That's right. Now, Turch joined on not too long after we had gotten into the extended break. And um, back, I guess it was soon after, I guess in 08. Uh, and how long were you in Chicago? Two years. God, still blows my mind that he was only there two years. But joined the group has obviously stepped up. Um, we still have to convince him that he didn't infringe upon the group, that he's still- I didn't bully my way in. He's still 25%. He bullied his way into the bongo room breakfasts, but like <laughs> yes. that was post like already being accepted. Like they had, they had great pancakes and that, you know. And he loves his pancakes. That's right, Kong. But now let's, let's get in. I'm not sure exactly where to start. I have a few notes, but- um, I do want to mention for one, I mean, first off, Greg's brother Kevin is here and Dave's brother Mike is here. And they have, you know, again, you, you, as I said, I've, I've known Dave and Greg for a long time. I've known Turts for 12 plus years now. I mean, I've known Kevin, but Kevin and I have gotten really close. He's done a lot of work on the Great Unlearn. Mike and I got close I want to say two years ago, he had reached out, was kind of going on a, his own personal journey. And, and we kind of met up together um, in this questioning phase. And he and I have spent a lot of time together. So I'm super grateful that they have been folded into this brotherhood. And just the way they've shown up is, is so true to their character. And I, I mean, I just want to, for one, talk about Mike. I mean, we, we've got six of us here. And um, at times can be a lot of personality. And Mike is 100% himself. He doesn't speak a lot, but when he does, it's like, yeah, Hutton shit. Like, you listen, right? For sure. I mean, he has some ridiculous stories. <laughs> He's a yes. Navy SEAL. Like, and you want to sit there and, like, I could ask him questions all day about what happened. And it's like, the more he's become comfortable sitting with us, we're in the pool yesterday talking and like, he literally like regaled us with seal stories for like an hour unprompted, asked some questions in between, but like hearing like the experiences he's gone through are so different than anything we have. And, and like him being super open about it was so cool. And super humble too. I mean, for somebody who's done and accomplished so much in that realm to just share humbly and honestly was, was what was so remarkable to us. Cause I think we hold that category of people in such high regard um, because they do something that's so difficult and so challenging, but he was just so matter of a fact and, and just so at ease with what he did and, and where he is today. It's uh it's truly cool to see. It makes me super uh, appreciative just for him to have the space to talk to us. Like I've always had that with you guys, but, and I've had it with him individually, but to bring him in and give him a place to kind of feel comfortable and open up about stuff, I don't think he gets to do that very often. So 
thank you. Um, it's just awesome to watch and kind of for me to sit back and see that. Kevin doesn't sit back. He comes in full steam ahead, but, uh, yeah, like a house on fire is awesome. Dude, last year when we were all going to Mexico together, he wasn't part of that crew and he was like in between work. And I literally was on my way home from work. I was talking to Kevin. I'm like, dude, you should come with us. And I called you Like Kevin's kind of got nothing going on. Are you cool with him coming? Yeah. And you're like, heck yeah, dude, for sure. And I called Kevin up. I'm like, dude, you want to come with us? And yes. And he came and like fit in, like you said, he came in hot. Dude, he was MVP. (laughs) He might've been been at team MVP that week. Incredible. But like, as Mike's saying, like he did the track branding and became connected with Dave and Lauren in a different way than like I had. And to see him help them form like their dream project and get something that they were happy with made me super proud, but also happy that like he became friends with you guys. And then the same with the great unlearn and him being welcomed into this group. I remember my parents being like, that has to be so fun. And it has been so awesome to see him become friends with all you guys outside of me. And it's happened with ritual where like my neighbor has this company and I'd like kind of pass it on to them. Like my brother does branding stuff. If you ever need somebody. And he was kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then like a few months later, he's like, I think I want your brother's stuff. And then now he's like their guy. And it's like, he probably talks to my good friend, Marcus and Gigi way more than me. And it's cool to me. So, well, and then House of Shan, your wife's incredible, like blowing up brand. He designed the heart. He does the website. He does everything. Like, and it's like. Same with Lauren's stuff. And same with Peyton's <laughs> stuff. Like he's done so much for Peyton's brand. I right. Need, he's I become, need to come up with something. <laughs> you will. Just, he's become such You're a. Incubating. Such a integral part of like all of our lives. And it's been super fun to watch him interact and creative and he's so good at that stuff that I'm so happy that it has worked for him to join us that way. It's awesome. Yeah, it is. And it's, um, not everybody fits into every group either. It's, it's not that. And, um, it's not that you, it's not like a knowing your place, but it's, 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 it's coming in and being, you know what it is? Both of them, like I they show up as themselves. They don't try to fit in. They're like, here I am. If you like me, we're going to have an awesome time. If you don't, it's going to be a hard weekend for you, but it'll be the last time, so we'll be good. <laughs> and they're unapologetic about it, right? So anyway, awesome. And then obviously I'd be remiss if I, if I didn't mention the three brothers that weren't able to make it. TJ, who is celebrating his 40th birthday, who's um, living up in Cleveland and then our buddies, Butch and Eddie, who are from Chicago. Fortunately, the three of them have gotten together this weekend, but they weren't able to travel down here. There were some extenuating circumstances. They were so here in spirit. We, we felt them and we had a super uh, beautiful ceremony last night. And I think we all, we all came out of this like kind of deep meditation and had such gratitude for those three brothers and how hard it was for them to not come because like us, they've been looking forward to this since 
was it last May? Is that the last time that we were all together? Well, we were originally going to do it this yeah. past May. Yeah. So we, so it's been over a year. We're going to do it in May. It obviously got canceled and everybody was gearing up to come and things with the, with COVID started to get a little bit gnarly and everybody has to do what they feel comfortable with. It's, it's that simple. And, um, they are, you know, they are part of this brotherhood as, as much as any of us. We wish they were here in physical space, but we felt them since the moment you guys have got here. We've been in connection with them. We're going to reach out to them again tonight. Um, but, but grateful that they're able to celebrate with TJ for his 40th. We have a, a fun thing that we, we've gotten. Well, I guess by the time this comes out, he'll already get it. So yeah. Vinyl has become a, a very big part of this group. And we ended up all pitching in. Allegedly, we haven't paid Turch yet, but we all pitched in to buy TJ a record player. But we all we all picked an album that meant something to us. Maybe it was a connection with TJ as well, or something that was deeply uh, yeah, meaningful to us. And we're gonna sign them and send it off to TJ. And uh it's something that we did a year ago for, for Terz's 40th. And that was a good, that resulted in a good cry. Yeah. Like, like talk about that. What did that, what did that feel like versus us? I don't know, giving you something that was like a really cool gift, but. Oh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Inter- interrupted. Oh boy. What do we have here? What do we have? This is, this looks glorious. Alcoholic. Hold on, you need to get on a mic. Come here, please. We have uh, Kevin, who's um, refreshments. Today's non-alcoholic libation brought to you by get a little closer. Zero proof. We have. You got to get to the mic. We have two ounces of Ritual tequila, one ounce Topo Chico sparkling water, one ounce GT's ginger ale kombucha, a splash of lime juice, a splash of orange juice, and a Wangarita salt ring. Wow. <laughs> I wish. Can, can where, we, can where, where we, can we buy uh, Ritual? In, Kev, come here and stand up I here just, for a second. I just, just to we give just need a to give everyone here, a visual. Get a, get a peek in here. Yeah, for those of you watching on YouTube, you're going to have a treat. And if you're not on YouTube, <laughs> oh, go boy, check sorry. out the YouTube. Quick walk around. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Don't worry about the papers. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. okay. That's, we told you he came in hot. He comes in hot. We told you he came in hot. But he and he's and he's gone. He's gone. Look at him. You can buy. Don't Richard. stretch out my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Cheers, boys. Cheers to ritual. Yeah. There you go. Ritual zero proof. I, I would say, and I want Turts to finish, but Solid's good. One of the things that mm. I thought was very cool was when those three guys decided that they weren't going to be coming. Butch and Eddie made the call to figure out Culver to step up for TJ and like do something that they know that he would appreciate for his 40th. And we've done the Culver thing before. And, you know, a Culver is uh, Butch has a house down in Culver and it's peaceful and there's a pond and there's a lake. You can go. It's a, it's a great guys weekend. And I just thought it was really special that those two guys were like, all right, we're not going to do that, but we're going to do this. And it was, it's for them, but it was, I think it was a lot for TJ and we all wanted to be together for his 40th and we'll try to, you know, connect tonight and, and 
and we're doing the record playing stuff, but like they were all kind of on their own this weekend. It wouldn't have felt the same. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm proud of those guys for doing that. I'm happy that they're doing that. I'd also say that I think in the past there would have been a lot of uh, uh, bullying or exactly I mean, what I it, it would have been just like, man or, up, ma- or man motherfucking. Up. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I was keeping it clean for the kids. I got, <laughs> I got young kids, but there would have been a lot of, of, you know, yeah, man, give your nuts a squeeze and let's, let's get on down. Peer here. Pressure. On. Yeah, that's exactly. And we were, I mean, I think I sent the text of, I'm, I'm happy they're going to get together and spend some time. Um, and I'm grateful that they get to do that because I know how powerful this connection is. Um, and we were, they were truly happy for us that we got to be here and uh, we're truly happy for them. So I'm glad you mentioned that Jeezy. That's a great, a great acknowledgement. Yeah. And oh. I, so yeah, I would oh. love to hear, you know, again, I think, I think it's to give, give people um, context for what it feels like. Gift giving's hard. It, it is. Um, but, you know, I think once, once you get to maybe a deeper level of connection, you can start to feel the essence of the person. And it, maybe it's through an experience you've had personally, and you just know that going that extra mm can be this kind of almost watershed moment. Well, I think it's important to, to uh, acknowledge uh, that these guys actually came up with the idea and pitched it to my wife, uh, Kelly, and she said, absolutely not, because I have a tendency to go, <laughs> go overboard. And, uh, and so she said, Which no. Which I took offense to. Yeah, well, I mean. Um, Kelly's like, I'll I, show you overboard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. That's, uh, um, I mean, I learned from one of the greats. And, <laughs> um, and, and they got together and they said, you know what? No, we're, we're going to do this. And um, I had no idea. And um, Cal and Peyton hosted us at their place in Idaho. And, and um, it was a couple of weeks after my birthday. I was just happy that we were all together and they got me shirts. And I think everybody Cal's wearing the shirt they got for Greg for his birthday. Everybody's <laughs> gotten a shirt. And um, we're on the back of this boat in the middle of Lake Coeur d'Alene. And they, they hand me this bag of albums and I'm a huge music person and, and always have been. It's always meant a lot to me and allowed me to channel into some memories that I've probably forgot about, but I can hear a song and it'll bring me right back to that moment. And they all wrote something that was meaningful to them and why they were giving me that record. And, and um, I think something that I take very seriously is, is gift giving. And it was one of the first times that I felt uh, that somebody, um, you know, really went that extra mile for me and I just couldn't help myself. And it just, you know, waterworks because it was, it was the words that were on the, the albums were, were truly, you know, a representation of our, of our relationships and their wives did it. And we've all gotten very close. Um, and one of the only other times I've ever felt that is Kelly had a painting commissioned by Shannon Favia, who does artwork for you and um, for all of us. And it was a, the shoe I wore on our first date. Uh, but you know, those two are really some of the best gifts I've ever, I've ever received. And, and it really does speak to the connection and, and the, and the, the effort that I think that we put into, um, our relationship. So. Well, I love you brought up the wives too, because it's easy to have the guys all be buddies and the, the wives are, are, are kind of friends with, but no, like any one of us could be out to dinner with one of our other wives and it wouldn't be weird. And, and I mean, I read what was written. It was amazing how the women show up and how they feel about you. I mean, that's just truth. You know, it was beautiful. It was, it was pretty special. Um, and, and when I play those records now, I think a lot of times um, I'll sit and read what was written and it just kind of brings me right back to that moment. Um, and 
you know, the, the years in Chicago and honestly only being there for two years. I mean, I did not want to leave. It was, it was really, really hard. And cause I didn't want to lose, lose this. And I mean, it's been one of the greatest, the greatest things that's ever happened to me is, is this friendship and, and how we've been able to maintain it and grow it and strengthen that bond, even though we now all four live in different States. And it's a, it's a testament to, to our mature, I guess the maturity of this relationship and the maturity of the bond. Um, so I'm grateful for, for all of you guys and, and for the, the, that gift. Yeah. Well, it, it, it brings to mind, you know, I mentioned earlier, uh, how, you know, TJ Butch and Eddie were on our minds last night in, in our, you know, kind of meditation ceremony. So I wouldn't mind going there for a little bit as a kind of contrast to how our guys trips used to be. Um, they traditionally been pretty boozy, um, more golf oriented and which is all fun. We all still play golf. We all have some level of, those you know, two don't no, play okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't played in almost a year, but nevertheless, um, and there, there's, again, there's nothing wrong with that, but, but I think I was talking to Mike about this before we came on. He's like, I wonder like how your wives, like how do your wives feel about you guys going away on these guys trips? Is it changed? And I mean, I'll just speak for myself. Like Peyton's always been supportive and granted when things weren't great, there was a different motivation for her to be supportive. She's like, fine, fucking leave. And then I get to, <laughs> seriously, she's like, I get to show up for the kids. It was very, you know, she's talked about this. It was almost like a bit of um, resentment. <laughs> so it was, she wasn't always like uh, genuinely supportive, but by and large, she has been very supportive of me having my time, um, especially with, with my brothers. But but now she literally gets giddy because she knows that not only me, but each of us are going to come away from these weekends more full, uh, more aligned with what our mission, our purpose, how we are to show up, obviously for one another, but for our wives and for our kids. And I think that, last night's ceremony brought a lot of that out as we, as we kind of came out of it. But I, what I, what I'm curious and whoever feels um, the call to speak, please do. But I, I want to, it was really the first ceremony that the three of you have been in. And it was the first ceremony that I led. And um, you know, Kyle Kingsbury was just over here with his son bear and we were playing and we were having a moment out there and I just gave him a big hug and said, thank you. Like, thank you for kind of being the torchbearer and showing me the way because last night I felt like I understood what intention meant. I knew how to get out of the way and be what they call a, a hollow bone for the message to come through. And I didn't go in with a strategy. I just kind of felt around about what needed to be at our altar and how the how I just let it flow, um, which felt really good that like there was no stress. Um, because when I've thought about leading ceremony, I've gotten super stressed. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do it right. 
Uh, but I didn't worry about doing it right. I just tried to kind of commune with it. But anyway, I, I really want you to see all to speak from a beginner's mind about what, like, what was it last night that was interesting, different and whatever? Like, I think it's important to, to mention, I have never been a part of anything like that. I don't think Dave or Greg has either. And you went like full ceremony. Um, we were, um, <laughs> shushed. You have shushing in my head, but I know that's not the right word. Smudged. We have smudged. We smudged with sage to clear the energy for each person. And then what was beautiful about that, let me just, I want to say this. I smudged everyone. And, and then I, I literally looked at Greg. I didn't even ask him to come smudge me, but he just gave me the nod. Like he just knew that he was the one to smudge me. It was just, and, and that was the type of energy that had, was working all day. And I do want to, at some point, talk about us going out on the land because I think that helps set the the whole container for the day. But um, yeah, so I, there was some smudging going on to clear the energy. Well, you know, again, if you were an outsider and you've seen this group um, and you see us all now, um, it's not something that you would typically see on a guy's trip. I mean, smudging and candles and people laying and couches. And and I think I, I was... I had so much appreciation for you giving us that treatment and feeling comfortable enough to, to do the full ceremony and not feel any reprehension or apprehension, I guess, about how we would react. And so, um, I think and that I think, was kind of the beauty of it. Yeah. Nobody was, we knew that everyone there was comfortable with it. There was no doubt that it was going to be amazing. Like yeah. I was so giddy going into it. I was so excited to just be around you guys and present, like that's the whole thing, right? Phones gone, airplane mode out, like no chance of distraction, just to be present. And I know we're all kind of the same talking about, you mentioned going on these trips, we talk about our families, our kids, the things that we have going on as, as men. It's just, it's, it's easy. And when it's easy and it flows like that, like the, that's when the good stuff comes out of it. And it did, it was, it was incredible. All the, all the stuff you did added to kind of, for me, like the gravity of what we were doing and how that was, we weren't just meditating. We were going in all together and to be fair, all the, the shushing and the, like, we didn't know any better. So whatever you would have done would have felt like important to us, but it all just felt right. And we were all in there together and it really, it set the, like you said, set the intention, but set the mood for me of this is special and we're all doing this together. And it did afterwards, it led to some unbelievable conversation. I learned things about you guys that I had no idea about. And we talked very openly about our families, our relationships with our parents, like stuff that I had no idea about, which is, it's important to get to know you guys and each other in different ways. And I thought that was awesome. And mind you, we have pretty deep conversations all the time. And last night was on a whole different level. Um, and so it's nothing I've ever done before. My hands and my palms were sweating um, before we started. And, and as soon as you started the practice of kicking us off with that intention, I could see how much it meant to you. Um, and then immediately it, it meant that much to me to show my appreciation and my gratitude for the journey that you've been on and then sharing that 
with all of us and bringing us along and with no judgment on your part, if we're not ready, if, if we're not, um, fully on board, you just, you're okay. It's really choose, choose your own adventure and see what, what you're willing to do. But you've, you've just shown us and opened us up to so many new and different things that, um, it's really had a huge impact on my life. So I'm glad that we had that experience and we were able to, to be there for your first, I didn't know that was the first one you've ever hosted. Yeah. And it, it uh, I, and I share with you guys afterwards that as we were kind of put our headsets on, we had the, you know, each had a meditation that we listened to simultaneously. Um, and you know, we had eye shades on and as we were dropping into the space, it all hit me that you, each of you allowed me to set the container, to set the intention, to, to really hold you. And there was such a level of trust that I had such deep gratitude for, for you sur- basically surrendering to, um, to, what I wanted to share. And like you said, I mean, I, I, I wanted to meet everyone where they were at. Um, and I think that's obviously important, but I, I haven't always had that shot in my bag. Um, and I think I've gotten better at it. What, what, what really landed it for me was, as you guys know, recently I, I had my dieta and one of the biggest learnings was to do everything with intention. Um, and when you, when you look at things through that lens, there's a level of reverence that you, that, that you need to make room for, or it makes room for itself or, or however it happens. But I've, I've felt that ever since, you know, even before you guys got here, but everything we've done has felt very much, let's feel into, we had ideas about how we wanted to spend every day. And um, we laughed, like last night was like a throwaway day. It was the day off of, you know, whatever we were planning. And arguably it was the seminal moment of, of the weekend. Um, and what would I, what I would love to actually go into is like what came up for you out of this Meditation. It was a Joe Dispenza meditation. Um, I forget what it's called. I'm not going to remember, but, but did, like what I'll ask, I'll ask, you know, I want to ask you first, Dave, because you pulled a card, you went in to the ceremony with an intention and, and you, well, I'll just let you take over. To, uh, tell us what you shared with us after this ceremony. I went, I think I went in expecting uh, a certain I've never pulled cards before, which was fun in itself. I have no idea what any of the cards are, but I'd spent so much time thinking about my family um, over the day before. And um, it just, like we talked about, that's kind of where we go on these trips now. And that was on my mind. So I was fully expecting to have something to do with kids or my wife, um, something like that. And then I pulled a card that was the exact opposite of right before we went into this 45 minute meditation, it was exact opposite of what I thought it was going to be. Um, and it totally threw me for a loop, um, and put me in a totally different space. Um, but I kind of, I went with it and 
came out of it with some kind of bigger breakthroughs. Um, and maybe that's why it was, it was totally caught me off guard and, um, it was just amazing to come out of it and be able to like immediately, that was the other thing. I was so excited to, to get out of it, not in a rush, but I want to tell you guys about, about everything. Um, and I was just happy to be honest. I was just happy we we're all together and I could share, um, share what happened. And then, I mean, the discussion just kind of took its own turn afterwards, but just to be able to have that space to do whatever and think whatever I wanted and feel comfortable to express it. Like that's, that's rare in itself. You know, like, well, let's get a little more granular with it and even yeah. get a, we're going to get a little woo woo. Cause we're going to talk about the card you pulled and yeah. So I pulled the ascended masters. Okay. And what, what was the, the gist of that? Basically it was, um, like the spirits or whatever kind of your belief is, they have your back and do have belief in yourself to follow your, your truth or your project or whatever you're feeling inside of you um, and have faith that you're supported in that, which is interesting because that's, I mean, I haven't necessarily been feeling that <laughs> to be honest, like church and I had a three hour discussion on the way here about how, I didn't necessarily have a lot of kind of, you know, feeling and belief in what I was working on at, at the exact moment. And I was kind of giving to different people in different spaces. Um, and it really made me feel great about what I wanted to do. Like I had clarity in, I'm not sure what the time was because that 45 minutes kind of melts, but I really felt like I had total clarity and direction and joy when I came out of it. But if I, if I would have done that alone, um, it just, I don't know. There's something to the energy of having everybody together. I was, I felt like a little kid. I made this breakthrough and then I got to tell everybody about it. It was, it was amazing. And now like I, you know, I went right and I wrote down my notes and I, I feel like I'm off to the races with that now. And it felt good because you guys, that was the other thing we come out and we're like, man, I feel amazing. I looking around, I hope everyone else feels as good as I do. Right. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to feel great and then have someone, you know, with a blank stare, but everybody, everybody came through. Even Mike. Yeah. Took yeah. him a little longer. Yeah. It's just his, it's his rhythm. And what about you, G? You, you, you had some things that came to you. Yeah. I mean, that was the first time I'd pulled cards as well. And I pulled a card deception, which in retrospect, I wish I wouldn't have read the book about like what it kind of was supposed to mean. Yeah. So when you pull a card, there's a, uh, in this particular deck and I'll, I'll try to, I'll link to it in the show notes. It's called cards for transformation. Cheryl Lynn is one of the authors, but you pull a card and it has a picture or painting like on it and it has a word and you can then go to the book and read about it. And, and so some people like to read about it when they pull it. Some people like to read about it after ceremony. In retrospect, I kind of wish I would have done it after because I went in much like Dave with this is supposed to mean something and I need to understand what in my life is, well, who am I deceiving? What is the deception that I'm supposed to find? And I grappled with it for a while with the meditation and I finally was able to just let that go and just kind of do the breathing that the meditation is telling you to do. 
And I came out of it just as relaxed as ever. I, I said to all the guys, I wish I could go get a massage right now just because it felt like I just want to keep into that feeling. I ended up doing a bunch of stretching. Like I think Cal looked up. He's like, is she doing yoga? <laughs> and it just felt like I needed to move my body a little bit. And it was, it was an experience that just allowed me to feel, uh, I went through periods of feeling gratitude for my family, for my parents. I went through moments of thinking about uh, very happy times with my own kids and thinking about the times my brother and I had with my dad that were similar. Um, there was parts that had you think about kind of the future and how that, how you envision that uh, and what that will hold. And I had some very cool visual uh, thoughts about working with my wife with the house of Shan and stuff that made me very happy. So I just came out feeling very content. And like Dave said, like I wanted to share, there was different things that also, I think the good thing about all of us being there together is as people were talking, different things kept being pulled out of the air that I was like, Oh yeah, that, that part of the meditation brought me here. I think it helps to work through it that way. And then when Mike started sharing and we started kind of going more into some of our relationships with our parents and how we've kind of realized there's some similarities there and you're able to talk to people about maybe how you would approach it in the future if you need to have a conversation with your father or your wife or whomever. So yeah, it was just, it was a unique experience and something that I want to sit on for a while, but I definitely want to have a 45 minute type meditation again and go in with an open mind and just see what kind of comes. Well, and, and I think one of the things in the post-ceremony discussion that, that was really coming through from you. And I think we, you were articulating and I think we were all feeling it was this sense of compassion. And if I may, um, you know, you were talking about, you know, your parents and, um, just how, you know, the relationship changes, the love doesn't change, but everyone just acts differently in different periods of their life. And, you know, you and Kevin were having just an amazing open conversation about the love you have for both your parents. And then when you see, you know, I'll just say like it is when you see like your dad act in a way that just seems out of character, how you weren't like, dad was just being a dick. You're like, what's, like, what's going on with dad? Cause that's not like dad. And so like, what can you share? Do you, do you feel comfortable sharing? Yeah, a little bit about I mean, that? what prompted it was Mike talking about how he had went to lunch with just his dad and said something along the lines of, I just like the only thing I want in my life is to like get to know you and mom better and to like be closer with you. So that prompted Kevin and I talking about different things that we've noticed just even with recent events with our parents about like something little that happened at the cabin that a reaction happens. And it's like, I don't want to just know that my dad got mad. Like I want to go out to dinner with him 
and talk with him and not probe him on why did, why, why were you upset there? And like, what is that underlying thing? But it made me just realize I want to have those one-on-one times with my parents. I want to talk to them and understand everything about them. Like I'm not just their son anymore. I want to be their friend. You know, I want to have those moments where I feel like I really understand who they are. And I think I do, but there's more, right? There's always like more that you can talk about. There's more connection to be made. And it's great that Kevin and I grew up with like the best life that I can remember. I don't have negative memories of growing up, but like Dave and I said last night, it doesn't mean it's all perfect and it doesn't mean it's perfect now. Um, I still think my parents and I and Kevin and my parents have a great relationship. They're great grandparents. They're great parents. It's, it's, there's nothing negative about it. I just feel like I want to know them on a deeper level. And I think that's it. Yeah. And I, and I, one thing I think um, you brought up, and I'll see if I can articulate this properly, is that, um, you know, your mom has obviously had her, her, her health issues and that's been tough on the family. And she's, you know, been an absolute fighter and you've gotten, you both have gotten the sense that they don't want to share a lot with you in the sense that they want to kind of protect you from that. Now, I think the sense that was around the room last night was, while that is admirable and loving it's actually not what you and Kevin would choose. Is that correct? It's a little bit of a divide. And it also makes it hard for us to like really understand what, how does my dad really feel about his wife having neck surgery, RA, cancer, all these things. I think our relationship and some of the stuff that the four of us and our closest friends have been through kind of sets the stage to open these things up with our parents because it had to come for me it had to come first with you guys being completely open we you know we've talked about it on the last time I was on the great unlearn but being able to be open with you guys with like the the darkest uh most possibly hurtful shit in my life and then have you kind of keep that space open and have a discussion around it. And then on the other side of it, we realize, holy shit, look how close it brings us. Then you're like, oh fuck, I should have that with my parents. Like the people, the other people I love like this, like, oh man, now we go there. And like, it's almost like we talked, it's, it's going to take time. It's a bit of a dance. We're starting over and our parents, it's just, different now um i think at least with us we're much more open comfortable being vulnerable like also they're they're our parents they've spent years trying to protect us that's their role and i think it's hard sometimes for them even when we're adults you slip back in it's like you know when you go home all of a sudden like when i'm with mike and my other brother eric when we get around my parents it's so easy to slide back into those roles from when we were kids the older one, you know, the straight arrow, the other one's needling. It's just, it, it falls right back into it. So I love that we're starting to, I guess, spread um, 
the way we think and the depth of relationship to our parents. It's the, and I mean, there's never a better time than now. Are you curious about psychedelic medicines? How about flow states? How about our deepest traumas being potentially our greatest hidden strength? I can answer resounding yes to all of those. If you can, please check out the Worth the Fight podcast where host Matt Simpson introduces guests who, through their journey and transformation, tell the Worth the Fight story of hope, healing, and expansion. With each episode, Matt says, we activate hearts and minds, reminding ourselves that we are all worth the fight. Be sure to check that out. I think it's one of the things that Cal talks about a lot and, and the greater learned is, is showing up as your authentic self. And I think our parents and our parents' generation, it was, we need to show up as dad and be a dad. And maybe they didn't feel as comfortable to show up as their authentic self because maybe their parents didn't. And I know Dave, uh, I can't remember if you, Greg, but, um, and Mike, it's like, they didn't have one-on-one conversations with their parents. Nobody was asking them questions. They didn't get the chance to ask their parents questions and here we are in this group encouraging each other to show up as our authentic selves. And I think it's, I can't think of a more powerful question than to be asked, tell me about you. Um, not who you think you are, who you want to be or who I want you to be. It's tell me about you, dad. Tell me about you, mom, because you've just been mom and dad. And so I think, um, giving them the opportunity to tell us and share with us, more about them and not as a parent, but as who they are and what lights them on fire, what their challenges are. What hurts them. That's the one thing I think our parents, they don't, they want to be that perfect. That's the image. And I don't know if it's that way still. We all probably feel that way a little bit to be the leader and set the example and do the thing for your kid. But we're at the point in our lives. I mean, we're all, you know, 40 plus. I want to know like, what were the dark times? Like, like, what was hard for you? What was hard for you while we were growing up that you didn't let us know about? Because that totally shifts the way, like looking back on the way we were parented or moments in our life. Like uh, I've had stuff come up recently with my mom. It's like, oh shit, that makes complete sense now. I didn't get it then, but we're old enough now. They don't necessarily see that. But I think with us asking and probing and being, you know, giving them room to, move at their own pace with it. And it's tough because I think Mike and I, especially we've talked endless hours about this. It's hard to be patient. We just have to remember that they didn't, they weren't exposed to some of the stuff we were, people weren't open. They didn't have the best relationships at all, at all times with their parents. They hid it from us. So we didn't know. So I, I think it's just being patient. Yeah. And I, I love that you brought that up church. Cause I think, that generation, I mean, it's about the role, about the role of dad, the role of the breadwinner, the role of the homemaker. And you do that to the best of your ability. And that is, unfortunately, that's what's held up in their generation as the ideal. And I think what we've all seen through our own work is those roles are useful as long as you keep them at, you create space between them and who you really are. What truly lights you up, as you were saying, mom. And, and, and I hand up, like, that's the work I need to do. I need to be more curious. And I am more curious. So why am I not asking the questions? And so, 
you know, I think one of the, the, the big learnings I had going into my dieta was I've been doing all this inner work and so focused on doing the inner work and doing it really well and achieving through that. And I started to understand that if I can pull back from that and be in the world, then that natural curiosity about all things starts to emerge. And then I am super curious about my mom and my dad and what it was like for them to grow up. And I mean, we were talking about this the other night. I might as well use this as the opportunity. Um, I mean, I had... I had a, a huge awareness on dieta that, um, and, and as I was sharing it with, with you guys the other night, at the end of my kind of uh, sharing, you, Dave was like, that's, uh, that's pretty huge, isn't it? <laughs> and I, I, had, I, I had a notion that it was a pretty big thing, but... I think you finally, like you put the stamp on it that it's not everything, but it colored so many of the relationships I had had with women throughout my life. And, um, you know, that in my house and, you know, I, I, I want to be careful in how I articulate this, but in my house, the feminine was not considered sacred. and that's that's what I knew. I think intuitively I felt differently and um, I kind of oscillated back and forth depending on how I felt about me. If I felt good about me and I was in alignment, then I could I could hold the feminine in a very sacred way. But if I didn't, then I think that old mindset of, oh, this is, you know, this is how women are or it, whatever the, the stories that honestly floated around my house. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't blame my dad for, for that because what he was taught was, was, you know, almost unspeakable. Like the, the, there was no male role models in his life. And he had arguably a, a horrific experience with his stepdad and so what's 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 he to do with that i mean we've we've talked about this everybody at one point was this baby that had no programming and they get exposed to the world and then the nurture piece comes in and you know i have so much love and compassion for my dad for the the hard life he's had and um you know and so i i want to speak to this with such tenderness and love for him and there's zero blame but for me for me to get to a greater place with my wife and my mom and my sister and my daughter and every other women in my life and my brothers too like i need to know where some of this stuff comes from. Cause if I don't know where it comes from, it's a blind spot and I'm, and I'm fighting against the air. But if I see what it is, I can 
hold it with tenderness and with love and just know that it's this thing and it's part of me and it will always be a part of me. But if I can recognize it, when it emerges in me, I can start to heal it. And so, anyway, I, I, I thought, I mean, I was telling you guys before, I'm like, I really, I really feel called to speak about this because I think a lot of us grow up and we don't understand what our environment can create. And, and it's well-meaning people, moms, dads, teachers, religious leaders, um, coaches, society, that a lot of them are really trying to do the best they can. And arguably all of them are. They're, they just don't have all the tools maybe. And it's an invitation for everyone to, to kind of sit with that. Like, how does that land in your life? Is there some way that you didn't recognize that that you were kind of uh, exposed to this world that maybe gets you into that shadow? And then you can really go into that shadow work. And that's, you know, as, as Boyd said on a recent podcast, you know, when I can commune with that tra- traitor version of Cal that I still haven't fallen in love with, Mean Cal. Mean Cal. Like, there is, and he came out the other night. Oh, a little bit. A came little at, bit. Came at us coffee. a little bit. Yeah, I came at you. <laughs> but when I can integrate and love him, like, there is so much power and healing in that. Rather than look down upon him and sh- feel shame that he is a part of me. And so that's kind of a lot of the stuff that's been coming up for me lately. So anyway. I think one of the things is, is, is the difference between judgment of our parents' behavior and having compassion. And everybody's quick to point fingers. And if I picked up a habit or characteristic for my parents, it would be, oh man, I blame them. And it's almost as a, uh, a different lens of being like, oh, now I understand. I have compassion for maybe what caused them to act in that manner. And then I can frame it and work with it and figure out, you know, how I can, you know, work with that better for myself. And so I think it's just having compassion for your parents and truly wanting to meet them and anybody, um, you know, and figure out, um, there's no, no judgment. And I think, you know, we used to sit around on guy strips and talk shit about other people. I think a lot of those breakfasts we had for three hours, I don't think there was one constructive thing said about it. Not three, not three hours. Oh, it sorry, was sorry, uh, 30 sorry. minutes. Sorry, Will. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Earmuffs, Will. And, and Merrill Lynch. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, um, and now it's just totally different. I mean, I think we try to find the good in everybody and there's still, we, we have some lapses, um, but. Um, We're always curious about where the stuff right, comes from. Right. Right. So yeah. we see, we identify the behavior. It's like you un- finally understand like the percentage of behavior that's conscious versus unconscious. We always, then you, you act like everyone's choosing to act like an asshole or yeah. make this decision when in reality, like they're programmed by upbringing environment. They don't think most of the times they just act and then we would shit on them. But now we're, I wonder why they do that. Where does that come from? And once you can find that, even dig into that a little bit and understand it. You're like, Oh shit, I have some of that too. And then you're aware of your own behavior, you, the awareness. And then that leads to directly to the compassionate piece where you're like, 
oh, it's kind of not your fault. Now you can get, everyone can get better. There, everyone has some choice, but a lot of stuff is like, you know, it just happens because of, you know, the dominoes fall. Like, it's okay. Yeah. Well, it's like, it, it makes me think about when me and Cal came out the other night. So I was in this room listening to, I think Pink Floyd and just having such a great moment. And everybody else was, was out in, in the kitchen Whisper. Having having a great moment. Having a great moment. And I thought we were having fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they they were they were their voices were carrying into this room, does not have a door. And so I kind of came out and said, Hey, can you guys, you know, kind of keep it down or maybe move outside? And it's hot as balls outside. And so they're like, It's hot outside. I'm like, okay, we'll go, go, I don't know, just go somewhere. <laughs> so I came back in here and it continued. And I couldn't handle it. And so I came back out and mean Cal came. I was like, what the fuck? You know, like, I, I, I just want to listen to the music. You know, we've got plenty of room to go. And, and Greg was like, oh, so, so, sorry, man. Like, I, you know, I thought. And, and so I come back in and I'm like, fuck. Like, it was literally mean Cal just came out. And, and the first thought was, well, mean Cal gets what he wants. You did. We left. We, we left. So they left. <laughs> so they left. And there was a there was a uh, a question about what if I was upset that you guys weren't in here with me or that. And I cleared it up that I just I wanted you guys to do whatever you want to do. But at that moment, I felt really called to listen to vinyl. Okay. But anyway, what I realized is rather than just leaving that mean cow gets what he wants, it was like mean cow gets what he wants, but. There's a way different way I could have handled that. I could have come out there and just been like, you know, I just I don't, I don't want to sound like a dick, but I just love, I really love to, you guys do whatever you want, but, but I didn't do that. But I feel like there was a, a learning point for me there that mean Cal is still in there. He'll always be in there, but he doesn't have to run the ship. And so that was kind of a bit of my learning the other night, even again, I felt a little bit bad about me and Cal coming out, but it was just me not. I think we're all way more in touch with me and Cal now too. Like no one was like, what a fucking dick. <laughs> like we're all like, yeah, we're like, whoa, what was that? Wonder what, wonder what's going on. Like yeah. we were more curious. Like there was no animosity. We're like, all right, what that was, was weird? Guess, how, how are we being louder than that music? Yeah. That was weird. <laughs> In the past, we would have been like, Jesus, what's wrong with that man? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to skip to the, the hoppe ceremony and I want to, I want to start with Turts because I think you maybe had the most apprehension about it. And so let me, I'll just give everyone a, a quick, what hoppe is. Hoppe is a, uh, a sacred tobacco snuff. It's super fine. It's made in the Amazon. There's a handful of different tribes that make it. They make it with a ton of intention. There's a lot of prayer. There's a lot of chanting. Hoppe is used for a number of reasons, but particularly it's used to clear your energy, clear, literally clear your vision field. It's to get everything. It is our, our windshield gets dirty and it really cleans the windshield. And so prior to this podcast and then my previous one, I don't know when it's going to be released, but my Dieta solo cast, I did Hoppe. And I've got, I've got super clear and I've really tried to come in and just be in the space. And so 
I used it often during Dieta and it really helped me get together with the divine feminine and to just let go of a lot of the things that I was carrying. And so I really, I really felt called to share that experience with everyone here. And so rather than again, peer pressure you in, come on, just do it. Don't be pussies. Like it's fine. I, I set the invitation and, and it allowed you to have the fear. I mean, I think, um, and the sweaty ass palms. It was really hard. They, they, they weren't able to get all the hopping in there. I wasn't the only one. Dave had, had some sweaty palms sweaty too. Sweaty as shit. What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, you know, um, it was, again, I think the intention and in talking about what we were doing and why we were doing it and why, and you admitted that you had done it in the past and you didn't appreciate it and didn't have good experience with it. Um, and then you explained and shared why you were having different experiences with it now. Um, you know, again, I think for me, it was um, more about the, the delivery method, honestly. Um, so it looks like a V with one of the legs longer and that longer end goes up your nose, which has the tobacco and the, and the shorter end goes in your mouth and you blow it into your nose. And, and so I, I just was a little... Um, nervous about that. But again, it, when you're with your, your brothers, frankly, um, you know, you just feel like you, why would your, why would your brother ever ask you to do something that has no value or has no benefits? And so any apprehension, you know, I typically have with these guys, um, kind of just, I just put my trust in, in, in my, my faith in, in what you are trying to show me or trying to lead me to do. And, um, it kind of puts me at ease. Um, and so for sure, I, I think, uh, the sweaty palms were definitely an indicator. And then when you, you go into it, and I think the other important part was you asked us or you asked us, you, you said, um, you know, you can say a couple of things you're grateful for, a couple of things you'd like help with, and just kind of a mantra. And it really um, allowed me to um, think about my family, uh, my job, you know, a lot of things that, I'm, that are going on and how grateful I am for, for Kelly um, and my mother-in-law coming down to allow me to come here, have this experience and my brothers and what I was going to get out of this weekend and things I'm working through you know, personally and professionally. And, and it just kind of set the intention. And then when you take the medicine, um, you do, you feel this sensation in your, in your eyes and you know, tears and, and it's, there's no, it's just very cleansing, uh, you know, to be honest. And, and it's, uh, it's very short and you have a, you know, 10 minutes of silence and you just, um, you come out of it and feel very, very clear headed and very, and just clarity, I think is the word that we've used. And, um, so yeah, it's typically, I'm the, the, the most scared, um, of all of us. And, uh, and you know, I've never been led astray. How about you guys? What was, what was your experience like? Uh, it's not my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't love the taste and, and the, the snuff portion. It, it, what I did like was what Noah discussed. The 10 minutes of silence going in with like a thought of more of a meditation component, clearing your mind, thinking like that. For me, I think that uh, delivery method and the way it, it is done. I mean, I used to chew tobacco. I've, I've done it. 
smoke cigar, like that flavoring and stuff. I just think I'm just, I don't like it anymore. So that wasn't part of, I think that's part of the reason, but what it is and like you said, the intention behind it and sitting with you guys, especially when we're out in the middle of nature doing it, I kind of had a chant going where I was kind of thinking about you guys and just, it was calming. So there were definitely, even though I didn't love it, I, I found some positives with it. Yeah, I think anytime for me, I'm a little bit with you on the actual hoppe, but the it, it's almost like an ice bath for me. Anything that can snap you into presence and put you in a meditative state for me and totally focused on the moment, like is great. So I, like I agree. I like sitting with you guys and just being focused. To be honest, any we spend so much time in chaos out away from each other that when we get together and have the moments. It's like, I, that's what I look forward to. So that's just a, another way to do that for me. Yeah. And that, that make it my least favorite too. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> for, for sure. For sure. And I, I've, I've, you know, and to be fair, it's something that I, I've really enjoyed. And I think it's, you know, I went into Dieta, I had done it the night previous to like when I kind of officially started and I was like, ugh. God, I got to work with this thing all week, like son of a bitch. But it, it ended up for me, and I talked about this in the, the Dieta solo cast, but I, it's been the ultimate surrender tool for me. You know, part of my prayer is always to thank, you know, grandfather tobacco and ask for help with surrender with the medicine. Because each time I go in, I get a little bit nervous because I know how it's going to feel. I know it's not going to taste great, but I know on the other side of it, there's so much medicine for me that it, it's, it's that going in, like you said, I think that's a good, a good analogy with the ice bath. It just kind of keep getting the reps in. And, you, and for me, it's like I keep getting to work with it and surrender to it and, and really feel the benefits of working with a, you know, a non-psychoactive plant teacher, um, which has been really cool. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, give our wives some, some time here on the, the podcast. Um, and this is not gratuitous or anything like that. I think, <laughs> um, I th think what, what, makes and I alluded to it earlier and we kind of got off track, but what makes these weekends so amazing is we are so incredibly supported and they are so excited for what happens to us. We become better men. And I would love each of you and why don't I start off just so you know um so I don't forget and get skipped, but I, you know, I mentioned it earlier, Peyton, Peyton gets ex as excited for these as she does for her own trips because she knows how important they are. And she has such a deep love for each of you that she knows I'm supported and challenged by a group of brothers that have such a love for me that 
it's not just the boys hanging out. But even, you know, with that, I, I'm, you know, I haven't seen her. You know, Jake was here for basketball for 10 days, which was he and I, and then he left. And so it's going to be about 17, 18 days. And it's a long time for us to be apart. Now, to be fair, we were we were in close quarters for a long time, just like everybody has been. And I think through Dieta and her holding space for me, you know, I've actually never felt closer to her. I've never been more excited to spend time with her. I've actually never held her in in as deep of reverence as I do right now. And I think I told you guys last night that I've done that meditation 20 times. And when he when Dispenza comes to the point like manifest your future, and I forget exactly how he articulates it, but he's like, imagine your future as if it's already happened and it da 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 and you're in the quantum field. It's always been something around, you know, what I want to put out there and how I want to show up for people and what I want to create. And none of that came last night. And I forgot that that, because I hadn't, I told you I hadn't worked with it in probably five months. And all I could think about was Peyton and I, and it's almost like I kept this like ascending together in like a kind of, it's almost like a DNA helix type, the serp. And it felt so right. The other times I've done that, it's like, felt like, ah, like this, this feels like it'd be a cool thing that happened, but that just felt like that's the key. That's the key to everything. And um, I really attribute a lot of that to the space that was opened up for me during Dieta, um, but also as we've spent time together and what what's emerged in our group. So anyway, I, I want to give the deepest gratitude and, and love. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to see her in two days, so I'm super excited about that. But, but anyway... Well, um, the card I pulled in the, um, the ceremony last night was sacred union. And, um, one of the things that, you know, my journey that these guys have helped me with and specifically Dave and, and Lauren was when my first son was born, um, I put my family first and, you know, got super unhealthy and super out of shape and, you know, put everybody else in front of me and before me, because I thought that's the way it was supposed to be done. Um, and I remember we were on a guy's trip and we were on the beach and I think Dave's was like, man, you haven't seen the inside of a gym in a long time, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I kind of snapped back and when I got home, I, it really hit me and I called and I just asked for help and, and, um, typically a healthy guy. That's why I mentioned it it was out of character. You're being a complete dick. Yeah. I mean, when I did come to Windy City, I was, you know, 220 something pounds and, Kong was resisting the, the head shave. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad look. A bad Forest look. fire. Oh God. That's why I'm wearing a hat. And, um, and so anyway, uh, fast forward, um, Dave and Lauren helped me get some things on track, make myself a priority and make sure that I could, you know, work on me, um, and fill my cup so I could pour it out for others, which is something that Lauren talks about a lot. Um, and so, one of the things that I've been struggling with during, you know, COVID and the quarantine is, is I wanted a connection with Kelly and I, I would have given anything to go away with just her. We have two young kids, obviously hard to get babysitters with older parents and all these other things um, into the house. And so that's been on top of our minds for both of us. And when this came up, no, no hesitation, she was, um, 
she knew that I needed that connection and I needed to be with you guys. And, um, you know, there was a couple of jokes and a couple of things, but I know that it wasn't met with any malice. It was more of out of that. She wanted that time with me or wanted that time with her friends because I, there was no judgment. It was, is we, she knows and how important it is to, to work on me. And that's what the sacred union card actually said. It was, um, you need to not, the sacred union is not only with others, but it's also with yourself. Um, and so just to have, um, her support me, um, and allow me to come here when something that both of us truly need and want is to be with each other. Um, you know, really, really came up for me. It has come up for me a lot this weekend. And I, and I do have a deep gratitude for her, uh, allowing me to come do that. So, um, so thank you to her. Um, I don't think Shannon's quite at the, she thinks she's as happy about this as I am with the four young kids at home and <laughs> this is kind a of playbook. It's mine are 17, 14 and 13. Right. So we're not there yet, Yeah. but Shannon's so cool. I mean, she's like such a fun person, such a great wife that much like you guys are discussing, she is ultimately happy that we're doing this. And in reality, I think she gets jealous because she wants it to be a couple's weekend because she wants us all to be together. She knows if we were all together, how much fun it would be. So just the fact that that's the way she approaches it means a lot to me. Um, and all the time when I'm here, I, I think about her a lot. And there's so many moments when I'm like, I wish she was here. Even though we're on a guy's trip, I wish she was here. And I think what happened after we were in Mexico together last year, we all had a, a bond and we talked about how to be better husbands and friends. And I tried to go back and do that. Some of the things we talked about and I'm thinking about those things now. And I just hope that I go back and can step up for her and, and be there for her and in the ways that she needs. So for me, it's like always a good reset when I'm with you guys to hear how you're approaching your relationships with your wives, your kids, work, different things. Cause it allows me some tools to like go back and feel that I can be a better husband, a better dad, a better friend to her. And like, I, it's hard to navigate those different things. So I'm just thankful that we can do this, that I'm allowed, not allowed to do it, but that it's, I come here without feeling guilty and I'll come back tomorrow and she'll be <laughs> ready for the handoff. But I've gotten to the point where I know that I should be stepping up when I get home. I just took three days off and she's been home by herself with four kids and it doesn't upset me anymore when I come home from work and I get that same sort of treatment. Whereas before I used to think she was mad at me. And what I've now realized is she just needs a moment to herself. So I don't take offense to it when she says, I need to go upstairs for a little bit, or I need a moment to myself. I used to be like, what, what's, why is she mad at me? And it's still a struggle, but those types of things, I feel like I've been able to come a long way and I want to keep working on that stuff for her because I would just, I want our relations to continue to get better. I think each of us has a different strength in how we approach our relationships and we all have a lot of weaknesses and 
that's one of the things. More that, strengths than weaknesses. Well, okay. said a lot. Come on, guy. Speak for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we share openly. And, um, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, I'm in, I typically would say jealous, but then Cal would tell me to say inspired is I'm inspired <laughs> by, by G and Shannon is, is even with four crazy boys and her building an incredible business and him trading, they always find time to connect and always seem like they're out together and, and finding time to, to, to show up for one another. And so, um, even amidst all this, and I know Shannon has some, some great girls trips and you have some great guys trips. The thing that I love about the two of you is you guys always find time for, for the two of you. And that's one of the things that I, you know, I think is I'd be remiss in saying all of our wives, um, I think support all of us, um, in such a way that, um, just, I think inspires me and Kelly to be better couples and a, a better relationship. And so, you know, sorry, I didn't, Dave, I know has to share his, but I wanted to say that about G and Shannon. I think it's probably similar. I'm supported incredibly to come. Obviously. I don't know if, um, maybe I think all of our wives on some level know we come back better back to the original, original point, the old guys trips, you Need go to off. burn off steam and then you come home drained. Now we come drained, fill up the cups and go back feeling fantastic. Like I'm inspired to go home. I've been thinking a ton about, about Lauren and my kids and I'm so excited to go home and be better um, because I know she deserves it. Like <laughs> back to that term church deserves that, you, um, that, that, that you deserve and that she deserves. Yes. Um, and we've talked about it. I'm going to be personally my thing. I'm going to be better at giving some space and, um, just being supportive because when she's on a roll, um, it's just the best, the best thing in the world to watch. So I cannot love you guys love our time, obviously, but I can't wait to see her and see the kids. Awesome. You know, thanks for that. And, you know, prior to, to, to stepping on here, I had Kevin write down a few things kind of thoughtful things that he thought might be interesting for us to, to chat about. So I got a little bit of a grab bag here. So I'm going to read the first one. What's the most challenging element of work plus wife plus kids in today's environment for you? So I'm assuming that's with COVID and, and, and what's going on. And then the follow-up is what is not getting the attention it deserves? So we'll start with you, G. We'll go around the horn here. What's the most challenging I mean, thing for the three work wife kids? I mean, it's the, there's some combination in there for me of when we were homeschooling, all being in the same house together, the kids not having their normal separation of being in different classrooms, having different sports to play. We're all on top of each other. Um, so for me, it's that, I mean, the thinking about having to homeschool the kids in the fall is like terrifying to me. And thinking about going to work and Shannon having to be at home with a four-year-old while homeschooling three, you know, third and fifth graders, that's, to me, the hardest part, thinking about that. What was the follow-up part? What's well, not getting, what's, the, atten- what's not getting oh, the attention? I mean, we just, as much as Noah says that we have, you know, <laughs> devote this, these times for each other, and we are good at getting away for, like, a couple's trips or a trip with each other, but... No babysitters, no restaurants are open. The typical things that me and her would go do aren't really available. We've been taking walks together, but even that had to require 
a babysitter coming, you know, we don't, we can't leave the kids at home and there's no one that's taking our four kids. Well, we have one friend that does it occasionally and they're awesome. But that's for me, the, the hardest part is having those, that connection and, and, you know, making time for each other. It's hard. As far as challenge, I think for Lauren and I, it's probably delineating between or kind of preventing all of our, our, because we work from home, we work together on the business. Um, and with the kids around, like G said, homeschooling, trying to keep everything separate um, and having clear time for each other, clear time with just the kids away. Everyone struggles. I would assume, I hope I'm not the only one technology just invading um, all the space. And so it's really, I mean, the thing for us, is huge. We've talked again on the original podcast about uh, block, <laughs> blocking blocking time and scheduling is huge for us um, and sticking to that. So making time for each other and the kids um, is certainly, certainly the biggest, the biggest challenge. And then what's not getting the attention it deserves. It's a great question. I think um, like, I kind of agree with G it's been very hard to really get our time um, together it's tough with the restaurants are closed, like the typical things we did to get away, they're not there. Um, and so, I mean, we get our walks in, but it's just hard to get away and really dedicate time to each other. We're working our balls off to do it. Um, but that's probably the biggest. And that's to us, Lauren and I always talk about that's the foundation. Um, as long as her and I are on the same page, you know, functioning, doing the kids stuff becomes easier. The work stuff becomes easier. So I think that's the first domino in our family. Yeah. I mean, I think mine's probably similar. It's, it's probably a lot like you too, when you're kind of working on your own thing, the hours aren't structured and I've had a hard time judging when to work on that and when to completely let it go and not being in limbo with it and kind of getting sucked into that. Well, there's always more to do, but is it all necessary? And I think I'm a little bit better with that. Um, and because of that, I, I haven't, you know, the individual time with the kids has been, has been really tough to pull off. Um, you know, during quarantine, my, my mom was here and my niece, Lindsay, uh, has been has been living with us, and so she they the three of them with with Hope were spending a lot of time together, and with Peyton. So I didn't spend much time together with Hope, without you know the exception of you know dinner and stuff like that. But uh, and then you know with Bowen, he's so into gaming that I I did spend time watching him game, which was was really fun, and he was just super. He was really awesome ab about explaining things and really meeting me where I was at. And whenever I could re recall some sort of nuance about the game, it would kind of shock him and be like super pumped, <laughs> which was cool. And then, you know, with Jake, um, when he and I had that, you know, 10 or 11 days together, uh, even during Dieta, we spent a lot of time together. And so super grateful for that. And I think he and I have, have really had a special bond, but to echo your, your sentiments, like Peyton and I, you know, there's no restaurants open. If they are, it's 50%. We're not interested. And, and so we haven't had that time together. We've had a few moments here and there where we'd stay in the guest house or something like that. And those were really cool. 
but they kind of fell off near the end because there was just shit got in the way and we weren't scheduling it. We weren't intentional. Um, as you mentioned, regs. And so I think that's, that's been our issue. I, again, I'm really excited to get up to Idaho to spend time with the family. And I think Peyton and I are going to be able to spend a lot of time together. And so I look forward to that. And for us to, you know, I guess by the time this comes out, we'll have already put out like our season two of, of coffee with the Callahans. And I think that was something that was really fun during quarantine where we put out 15 of those kind of mini podcasts out on YouTube. That was, was a really awesome time for us. And I think once that kind of, we, we closed season one, we kind of lost some of that touch. And so, yeah, I look forward to that. You know, for me, it's, it's, uh, typically, uh, I'm at the office in my chair at you know, five 30 in the morning and, um, never get to see my kids in the morning or Kelly and, um, you know, come home and we're immediately in mom and dad mode and, and getting the kids to bed and getting dinner on the, uh, on the table. And, and so you know, this has actually created an interesting opportunity for me to, to be at home more and, you know, wake up my son and, and be there and make Kelly coffee in the morning and, and some other things. Um, but the challenging part is, is figuring out, do you work where you live or do you live where you work? I mean, I, I now have open doors in my office and Mason comes in and out and there really are no boundaries. And so that's been the most challenging part for Kelly and I is kind of navigating, you know, what do I need? What do I need to accomplish? What does she need? What does she need to be able to, you know, be the best version of herself? Um, and so that leads to what I think has been neglected is, is really Kelly not having you know, six hours of time to do what she needs to do for herself. Um, and it's something that I've kind of been thinking about a lot is how can I support her and how can I show up to, to support her and the things that she needs. Um, and so while I told you earlier that, you know, we want to be together and want to find that connection, um, you know, I really do believe after this time uh, and reflecting on the last couple of months, it's, she's been the one that's probably suffered the most and probably has been neglected the most. And so one of my takeaways from this weekend is to try and lean in and find ways where I can carve out some time to where she can, you know, work on herself and find time for herself. So, um, that would be kind of my answer. Yeah. Well said. I'm going to do one more. See this one. He kind of, he kind of, he write him on separate things. So there's a little continuation. I think I got this one right. I, mean, I got his right. I know his handwriting. No, I, I can know. read it. It's just like, it, like I had enough paper in there. I could have done one per. <laughs> he lives in California. He's a little more, you know. It's true. He's, everybody else is throwing cans in the garbage. He did go type up your like show notes for you and, and kind of <laughs> was, was a, a brief, bitch boy brief for a bio. couple minutes. It was, it was a brief bio from you guys. I mean, <laughs> usually my guests are much longer than that. <laughs> Fair. Not a lot of Hall of Famers, though. What are a few important foundational, elemental, situational, circumstantial uh, oh, elements to creating a space that allows for connecting and sharing, knowing that every group's ability to find a location that facilitates it varies greatly, such as like nature, vulnerability, privacy, not too much alcohol, three days, play, good fucking music, no screen time. So design, he design just, the guys weekend. He just, yeah. Like what, what's the, what's the, what are the elements? He actually wrote a lot of them down. That was awesome. No TV. And yeah. 
Yeah, well, we had behind us yesterday the golf on, and no one's really watching it. There's been zero, I mean, less than 15 minutes of TV watched the I'd entire time. I'd also say if you, you looked at all of our screen time, it's down 80, 90%. At least. We're not on our phones very much. Yep. So those things, Checking I mean, in. same thing that we did that years ago when we went on that first ski trip. Phone Remember, pile. it was phone pile in the middle. If you check your phone, you buy the bill. And we each had like the stipulation of like, you can have your phone up. And if it's like your wife calls or something, you can pick it up because it's maybe an emergency. Mm-hmm. But if you feel the need to like look at your phone when we're all trying to connect and talk. There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. So, so that's big. I think is like getting similar to the data concept. Like get rid of as much technology you can and just be together. Yes. And I think, you know, it only takes one, but it, it helps if you have a couple a couple people, you know, and again, this is guys trips, girls trips, even couples trips, a couple people that will lead and crack open that egg of vulnerability. And I, I think that sets the container for, oh, this can be more than us just having fun. And we can still have fun, but it's important that we, oh, just beard you. Nice. But I think brother. with that vulnerability, he is a good brother all of us now so the vulnerability and i think he, he did hit the head on the hail it's not the nail on the head it's not no alcohol right <laughs> obviously <laughs> but it's like if you're if if you let that fuel the weekend you'll kind of get a an outcome that is based upon what you put into it you know we we've all had the conversations at 10 30 11 o'clock at night after 10 beers yeah. You don't really remember them. No. And they're not super deep. They may seem deep to you at the time. <laughs> I just got to the point where I personally, I mean, I, I definitely drink the most out of all you guys. It's not even close. Right. It's not that um, much. So it's not. No, I mean, away. no. Easy there, fella. <laughs> I mean, back in the day, but I just don't like being hung over anymore. And like, we wake up and we all went for a walk today and sat in the sauna and, and just, it was nice. And jumping, you know, we obviously, you've, you gratefully provide a, a hell of a setting for a guy's weekend, right? Like you, um, your, your home is a really good setup for us. And it allows us to have a lot of the things where we don't have to go go out that much um, and we can all be together and, and do stuff. And, you know, I played a game of pig with Kevin today and stacked some rocks and yeah, we all stacked rocks. That's new. That's you know, new. that's cool. We also, what wasn't on here? We've cooked a handful of meals together, a couple of breakfasts, a couple anything? dinners like that, like getting together, everybody pitching in, filling in roles, someone taking the lead. And that's just, it's just providing like when you provide food for someone else, it's really sweet. Mike's been awesome yeah. cooking. And I will say it's kind of become a thing. I wanted to say this earlier in the podcast. I feel honored that Noah thought we gave such a great gift because I've talked to Kelly about it before. And she's like, it's really fun being married to a guy that gives such good gifts. Like I can never step up. But what has become part of our weekends is everyone kind of comes with 
It doesn't have to be big. It can be a journal or a customized pair of Nikes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but people come with, with gifts and they don't have to, but it's like people are thinking about ways to make each other happy in ways like I, you know, saw a hat last year at a coffee shop that made me think of Noah. So I just brought it for him. I didn't bring one for everyone because you look like shit in a floral hat. But I got one. Oh, well, He's you were the host. I was the host. He's got a big head. <laughs> you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> but just that, that component, I think, is pretty cool that we do those things for each other. And it's similar to what, what happens as you get older. Like Christmas becomes less about getting gifts and it becomes about giving gifts. And I love wrapping presents and giving my kids gifts. I love giving you guys something that I think is cool. And I know that you'll enjoy. And that's been records has, isn't such a great thing for people to give as gifts to each other. And the more of the people I talk about the vinyl and the record players that we've all gotten into, it's everyone's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So that kind of stuff has become a big part of our weekends together. Well, and then Mike opened up the Kimono Cafe mm. this weekend. Pretty and cool. so it's, there's a suggestion box. And at the end of the night, we sit around and, and Mike. In our kimonos. In our kimonos that Mike gifted each of us. They're all very different. They were all wrapped. And so you kind of picked up one and you got your kimono. I mean, wrapped is a whole bag. Yeah. This was Whole Foods. Couldn't you know? see it. And, uh, and we sit around and kind of ponder different questions. So you can go in and you can have different musings, questions. And, and uh, last night was really cool to be able to do that. But I think one of the elements that we take very seriously is music. And so there's always usually music playing, whether it's vinyl or it's something outside on the speakers. And that just sets the tone for how we want to move through the day. I mean, after we left Mexico last year, we had that Chileno mix that I had on Spotify. There were many days when I would be coming back from like a day where I didn't have a sweet day at work and I would put it on on my car. I have like 15 or 20 minutes where I would just listen to that music. And like you said, music can bring you back to places. It didn't always bring me back to like, oh, I was thinking about Mexico. It just like soothed me and made me happy. It was like, oh, like this music's good and I have good memories from it and mm. just put me in a better place. Yeah. And I would say a major component and this is something I would put out as a challenge to anyone. Like, can you just be at a, you know, rent a house with your buddies and never leave it and just have it be your group and just see what happens and maybe have a little less alcohol than you normally have. And maybe introduce a few things, maybe being out in nature and maybe if you need to leave the house for a hike or a walk or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, not going out to bars and right. restaurants even. Maybe you order food in. Like, really, what happens when you're just, it's not about going out and getting wrecked and having, like, what if we're all getting good rest? What if we're getting a workout in here and there and we're being out in nature and we're having some cool time or whatever it is? Like, can you reimagine that time? in a way that feels really purposeful as an idea. There you go. So I think with, with that, unless anybody has anything to add, anything else come up for a guys, gals weekend? No, I think, I, think, I think we're doing it perfectly. I think we, yeah. <laughs> I think we, I, we can probably start a business. Yeah. I, I think host a, that, that might be in the offing. 
Yeah. We'll put that on we the- We won't uh, do them in Akron, though. What's- Oh, low blow. Yeah. I'm not going to host any guy strips in Akron. Oh, well, springtime. Steve Aoki. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys just came to visit me. Yeah. We forget. did. We did. Sorry. Well, let's go around the horn. Where can everybody find you, Greg? <laughs> yes. I mean, how's a Shan? I, I do yes. have a, an Instagram. I think I'm private, so you're not getting me there. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm not giving my phone number out. No, just not my phone number, but you know, you can, this is a perfect time to talk about the house of Shan. Oh, I mean, yeah, everyone should definitely check out my wife's new apparel line that is made from like such a good place. She started this, um, with the idea of this live what you love bracelet that someone had gifted her after her mother died and it meant so much to her. And about the beginning of last year, she had the idea to put this heart on a sweatshirt and um, the impet for cart, which stands for, you know, living every day, um, laughing every day, never quitting your daydream. I'm kind of messing up the whole thing. I don't know it by heart. You're nervous. This is your first podcast. She wrote it the first time she sat down and, she gives $5 from every purchase to charity. She's been partnering with other charities. And it's just one of those messages and the person behind it, she is just um, so real about it. And um, yeah, I would encourage people to check it out because she's doing so many cool things and it's, they're cool sweatshirts and kids are wearing them. Guys are wearing them. Um, it's a great gift. I'm just proud of her. I'm, great I'm gift. really excited to use that part of my brain and help her kind of like grow that business. Um, as you guys know, you guys have talked me through a lot of that stuff, but, um, so yeah, you can't find me, but you can find her. com. But yeah. And I think I'm glad you brought that up. It, it's if for the men listening, great gifts for your wife or for yourself. I have three sweatshirts. Yep. Uh, and for your kids and if for the women out there, check it out. She has a lot of great stuff. So absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for that, pal. Maybe get hired full time. Hopefully, maybe one day. Point. Maybe I'll get, get off hired. your internship. <laughs> <laughs> Out of stock boy status. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me at and Lauren. I have to put in some. Look, yeah, Shannon, for sure. Please yeah, do. The house of Shan has obviously inspired us and Lauren, uh, my wife, at the Strong Mom Method or LaurenBayRegula.com. Um, she's got her gear and her coaching program is launching for moms. She gives ten percent. She's big, big, big on uh, women's mental health. So those charities um, get blessed by all the products and services that she delivers on. And then I am, came to me last night, the Stronger Dad Project is going to be launching men's coaching program uh, and trackathletics.com, our gym. Instagram, did you say your Instagram? I'm just Dave Regula. Yeah, there aren't many of us. Okay. We'll yeah. link to that in the show no, notes. No, I'm, pu I'm public. You're public? Okay. Yeah. Public figure. Turts? Um, at Noah Rothman on Instagram. Um, but I'd say that you can find me um, wherever these guys are and whatever they're doing. Um, I think one of the things that I find a lot of joy in, which I kind of mentioned in my very short bio, um, is connecting what these guys are doing with, um, with people that I'm uh, involved with kind of outside of these circles. And um, all of them and their wives and the projects that they're doing is, is inspired Kelly and I to try and think outside of the traditional boxes and, and we'll come up with something. We're, we're finding our time, but, um, but no, that's, uh, that's you're, it. You're like the greatest hype man ever. <laughs> yeah, he I mean, is. You're just I was in the white towel. I was yeah. order, order zero, zero 
two yep. on House of Shan. Somebody snaked me and I was angry. Yeah, that's right. And that was zero zero one on Strong Mom, Strong Fam. And uh, I'll, I'll be zero zero one on whatever the great online right. got swag. That's when, it finally, when it finally launches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you can find me on Insta at cal.callahan. Facebook is Cal Callahan. Uh, LinkedIn, Cal Callahan. I don't know. TheGreatUnlearned.com. And if you dig this show, I mean, rate and review the sucker. Five stars. Four for four. <laughs> Obviously. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll, we'll catch you on the flip side. Much love, y'all. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Uh, thanks, man. You've been listening to The Great Unlearned. For more information, please check out the show notes or head on over to thegreatunlearned.com for additional episodes and information regarding events and retreats. If you liked what you heard today, click subscribe and share this with friends that might enjoy our platform. Please leave a five-star rating in iTunes as this really helps us spread our message. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BunkerCal and on Facebook as John Callahan. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn, and we'll talk soon.